And here we are. Me and the gang are going to do our top three players that we ever watched in college football. And the reason we do whatever watched is like, you know, I talked to a guy earlier today and he's like, well, yeah, I know that Jim Brown's one of the best players that ever lived or ever walked, but I've only got highlights. I've only got YouTube. So I like to do the, you know, the best players we ever watched because that brings out the emotions. Uh, you know, Mo Murphy, if anybody didn't listen on the uh, top games you ever watched, told one of the best stories that we've ever heard, you know, a week ago. <laughs> that was like the USC-Texas game, famous. So w- with me uh, tonight on Jeff Need Sports, I got Mo Murphy from Up in Flames. I got Jay Stevens from the Jay Stevens podcast and Locked On Buckeyes. And I got Couch Coach Live from the Couch Coach Live podcast. And now we're getting ready to have an exciting, fun discussion about our favorite football players that we ever watched um guys thanks for coming on this is going to be a good time i um i i predict that this list will be the most mixed up of all the list i'd say out of 12 players that we're going to pick i'll be surprised if two of them overlap so um you know that being said we're going to kick it off and uh, who wants to go first i'll go first Coach will go first. All right. Yeah. Couch Coach Live is going to go first with his. Well, I don't know. Are you going to rank him, Couch, like three to one? Is that how you're going to yeah, do it tonight? Yeah, I, I start from jump three. All right. Um, Couch Coach just, Live, the, the, yeah. the third best he ever watched. Go ahead, man. It's your show. Adrian Peterson, a.k.a. AD. Oh. Oh. Hey. We, hey, we start heavy he, right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you weird. one thing. I when I first seen him, I was like, this dude. Like, literally, he, he learned – he earned it AD all day because yes. he runs all day. And I, I mean, I tell you, I remember the first time I seen him, it was um, they broke into a game while I was watching. And I mean, it was just like poetry in motion. Like what Adrian yeah. Peterson was doing, he was just smooth and just, man, like he was he was a home run hitter. Like when we talk about a home run hitting back, he is a, if, if that if, if that term was in a dictionary, him in Oklahoma would have been in that picture. Yeah, it was different. He was different to watch. Like yeah. he was, he was so good. The, the great Nick, which it's still, I still argue with people about the Nick, the nickname all the time. I'm like, I, maybe it's younger people that don't remember. And I say AD, and they're like, in the AP, yeah. and I'm like, no, no, it was AD. It was all because remember, <laughs> then the the next running back was AP. And I, uh, I can't remember his name. He had a really good career there. Didn't quite make it in the pros. And it messed everything up. And I'm like, no, AD is all day. Well, who, oh, yeah. who's the next uh, coach? Austin P. Ryan, my former Washington football guy. Yeah, it just – yeah. so anyway, no, a, yeah, one of the most fascinating, violent. Without, yeah, without this, I think he broke he his collarbone. Yes, it's freshman year. Yeah, because he just – because he played like – he just he was mad. He was just mad at everybody yeah. on the field, and it sh- and it really transferred yeah. to the pros. If you want to talk about a guy that like yeah. it translated to the pros and the career showed up, um, Adrian Peterson, AD man, uh, Jay Stevens, you're next man. Who's number three? So I was going to give you a little bit about. Uh, I have five on my list. I crossed off two. I just crossed off J.K. Dobbins and Darren McFadden just to give Ooh. you a little insight to how crazy Ooh. my list is. Darren McFadden, run DMC. Ooh. Man, he yeah. was nasty. He was Ooh. nasty. Him and uh, Felix Jones? And oh. Peyton, oh. When, when it, Peyton Hillis? Peyton Hillis. Madden 2012. So it's hard for me to cross off a Buckeye. It's hard for me to cross off Darren McFadden because I have a love for the running back position. I only have one running back on my top three. My number three player was Vince Young. 
All three of these guys are mid two thousands or older. Vince Young to me, you're six five. You're whatever how how, right. how much you weighed, and you couldn't stop him. There was nothing you could do from his legs to from his legs to his arm. And I like Mac Brown that he realized how special that Vince Young was, and he was like, "Look, I'm going to alter my offense for Vince Young and just let Vince Young cook. Like, give the ball to yes. Vince Young, put it in your playmaker's hands." And let that man cook. Similar to basketball, you put it in your playmaker's hands and let him cook. Mac Brown said, look, we ain't going nowhere if Vince Young ain't got the ball. So I'm going to give him the ball and let him cook. And then, of course, the Rose Bowl, Keith Jackson to the corner. I say that all the time and just trying to uh, do what Keith Jackson did at that final at that call in his final game. Vince Young, number three. And it pains me to cross off J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> It pains me even more to cross off Darren McFadden, but you'll understand my top two when you hear them very shortly. Yeah, I got to be honest. You know, I don't regret making these top three lists because it it's it really, really, really puts the pressure on you. All right, Mo Murphy, number three on your list. So because of the era y'all picked, I think it's very fitting. Uh, my number three, Devin Hester. Devin Hester. Bro, the fact that he's number three, to me, like, Devin Hester is one of – he would make a case as far as he could – if somebody said Devin Hester is the greatest football player I've ever seen in college, I'd be like, give me some highlights. Go run through his highlight reel, and I'll be like, okay, you you know what you watch. People also forget, we talk about his punt returns. That man played cornerback. And had multiple pick sixes in his career. That man played wide receiver. It had multiple touchdowns, screen passes to the house in his career. And the most memorable, I think one of the greatest touchdowns I've ever seen of all time was his punt return against Duke. They played against Duke. Catches it back at like the 15-yard the line. Breaks, I think he broke 13 tackles, if I'm not mistaken. He broke 13 tackles and ran it back to... And there's guys of his caliber. You know, Steven mentions Percy Harvin. He's up there. Another one of my guys, I, I don't know if he'll be on the list, but, like, he's not on my list, but another guy, Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah. I think those three guys are all very similar with how they played in college. But I think Devin Hester was, bro, like, I could go back and watch Devin Hester highlights that, right now a, and still that, be amazed at what I'm watching. Like, I, I will go on YouTube. Probably after this, I'm going to watch – Devin has to, and I will be amazed at what I'm watching. I mean, that's literally the greatest kick returner, punt returner, probably of all time, college or NFL. And then what he did, people forget he was a corner. People forget he was a receiver. They just think about the kick and punt returns. He had multiple pick sixes, and he had some highlight hits. He was a really good defensive back, and he switched over, you know, for the draft. I remember that. Because his speed. He's that great pick. He's one of those guys that if you were playing him, you're like, just don't give him the ball. Don't kick me the ball. Like, I don't know if you you can explain that to today's, you know, football, what it was like to have a guy back there, like, don't kick it to him. Kick it out of bounds. Like, you know, that, that's gone from the game. And Yeah, um, the rules don't allow that anymore. No, they don't allow to, to have Percy Harvin, like, Dante Halls. No. No, we don't have those guys to keep it out of his hands. Wow. I went, I went in the same generation. I went and when I, when I did this list, I I just, I kept thinking like, don't get caught up in like, you know, who I enjoyed watching so much, you know, as a Buckeyes fan or whatever, like really think, I tried to really make myself think about when I saw the guy, just like you talked about with Hester jumped off the screen and a guy that I remember like, wait a minute, one of the greatest seasons I ever saw 
probably should have won the Heisman, but because of his team and everything. Larry Fitzgerald. Oh my! Yeah. Larry oh my Fitzgerald yeah. at Pitt. Cover, cover, yeah. of, a, cover of, of a video game at Pittsburgh, bro. Like yeah. Pittsburgh, they don't do anything. Like he's yeah. still like from start to finish. You know, if you really look at it, you know, he stayed in Arizona. You know, almost had the you know Super Bowl, whatever. Like if we're going for his whole career, you know, might be the best receiver I ever saw. I haven't decided yet. But when he was in college, he was so. He was so good. He was so refined. He wasn't playing, you know, in a system, you know, that made him look great, like Ohio State or, you know, LSU, Alabama or whatever, you know. But he just everything he did was perfect. Everything he does on a football field was perfect. And he just had some – it was just amazing. Like, he was just unstoppable at the college level. He just – you know, he's having to play for a program that wasn't, like, you know, top tier and couldn't quite get over the hump. Uh, he should have won the the Heisman uh, that year. He came out. He only played two years. I think he went to. I believe he went to a um, maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe a military academy or something. He had a year. He actually only was in college for two years before he went pro. He had a year in between there. Um, terrific player. Terrific person. Uh, I just remember if I couldn't catch his game, watching the highlights, he was my son's favorite player. It, you know, my son was probably seven years old or whatever it was back then. Like he was his favorite player because he, he just exploded off the screen. You know, the, you know, the story with, you know, his mother and everything, like just all wrapped yeah. into one. And, and he wound up being that guy in the pros, which, which helps. But uh, at number three, I got Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, we'll just we'll go we'll keep going around in the same direction i know right uh, we're putting together a squad here. i love that one yeah, that so, was yeah yeah fitz was fitz is still like he's yeah, so good he legit, yeah all right coach who you got at number two brother so my number two um this guy actually coincidentally in the gold jacket this weekend and also he he wasn't um he was second in voting as far as the georgia uh high school player of the year he lost to sean mcveigh Give me Calvin Johnson. Oh. Calvin Johnson. This is a weird career. When I, so I, can't when make, I tell you about Calvin Johnson, this, coach. Calvin Johnson was a man of his boys in college. When I tell you, if you have not, if I implore people to watch, go on YouTube and look at Calvin Johnson, Georgia Tech. I mean, you he would leave DBs in the dust. Like, and I'm not even, I, it's one play because it's one of my boys, so I'm not going to, he, he, I ain't going to do that to my boy like this. When uh, he was playing Virginia Tech, he, man, he smoked, he smoked my boy. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, Calvin Johnson was that dude. Like, when I tell you Calvin Johnson was the, the ultimate jump ball, he was that, he, he just threw it, he, he up there. And like you say, here's another t- and you look at Georgia Tech, they struggle mightily. They even have, you know, a wishbone offense. offense. Right, right. Best right, receiver in the country right. in a wishbone offense. Like, right. Man, I'll tell you, Calvin just, Johnson was bro, only like, one receiver bro. on the field. One I, I, I know, field I know we talked about football, him. but he was a bucket. Bro, bro, they, <laughs> <was a> bro. <laughs> Calvin, bro, Calvin Johnson. Right. Look, bro, I'm gonna right. take it back. I know y'all are a little bit older. So that y'all actually probably remember this a little bit better, bro. I had Calvin Johnson. I had him and Devin Hester highlight Ooh. YouTube video posted on my MySpace page, bro. Dude. Those were two guys. I had they highlights on my MySpace page, bro. Calvin Johnson was one of the greatest. <laughs> he's another like he's he'd be on. Yeah. Oh man, bro. I just used to love. I used to love wide receivers too. Like 
Even though I love yeah. quarterbacks, and I always wanted to play yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Like I always played quarterback. I loved wide receivers. Like those were the exciting guys to me was wide receivers. Yes, a man against boys. But yeah, shout out to MySpace, yo. <laughs> you feel me, MySpace? Take it back. Yeah, to MySpace. You, went back you went back with that one. Yeah, <laughs> good old times. Jay Stevens, number two. Okay. Number two for me, Jeff, it is um, the guy that wants his Heisman back, but he can't get it, Reggie Bush. These lists are so hard. And like I said, these are all mid-2000s or earlier. The next one is earlier. Reggie Bush, to me, it was – if it wasn't for Lindell White, I don't know if we would get the Reggie Bush that we got because Lindell White in that backfield was much of a thunder and lightning aspect – you get the ball red. You put the ball in Reggie Bush's hands. You didn't know what was going to happen. You just expected something magical. Still, the best run that I've seen from him. And I didn't know what happened in this run. The details until later on. Once you get it slowed down, he has the ball against Fresno State. Now I forget if it's a screen or a handoff, but he's going to the left sideline. I think the ball's in his right hand. Next thing you know, the man puts the ball. He stops literally on a dime. Puts the ball behind his back. Goes the opposite way for a touchdown. That's just one of the amazing plays, and if you see it, you're going to see it. Wait, this is 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, cats no, nowadays. Cats yeah. nowadays are not made like Reggie Bush. His mm-hmm. stats are not going to. His stats, yeah, 1,700 yards, rushing yards. The year that he won the Heisman, you can get another running back. J.K. JK Dobbins had more rushing yards than Reggie Bush, but J.K. Dobbins was not as electric as Reggie Bush, and J.K. Dobbins had some electrifying plays of his own. It's crazy to think about. What he did at that time, and how it's so hard for people to really realize. Well, people realize it, but youngsters, they will never know how special Reggie Bush was back when he played. I have a wish list as well, if we want to go over that later on, about players that I would love to play, see that I know Jeff has seen as well. We will do that. We will do that. We will do that. Mo Murphy, number two. It's, it's hard to top Reggie Bush, unless you're going to say Reggie Bush. <laughs> no, so so – I made my list. Well, first off, I thought we were doing a totally different list. But then putting my list together, I'm like, okay, because if we all did our top three and some of us, there'd be a lot of consensual guys like, okay, we know Reggie Bush is in most people's top three. Vince Young is in most people's top three. So I also wanted to give some of my favorites that weren't them and allow, you know, we're going to give Reggie Bush his credit. So another guy, I said I love wide receivers. Ted Ginn Jr. I, I had to pick a Buckeye. You know, a buck I had to make it on my list. Ted Ginn. Everybody talks about Percy Harvin. Everybody talks about uh, Tavon Austin. Bring up Devin Hester. Well, people forget Ted Ginn was that same way. And he was blazing fast, track world-class track athlete fast. He was about six foot. What is he about six? He wasn't tall. He was long. Yeah, maybe maybe like six one. Pounds. Maybe six. Yeah, he was like six one, but he was long. You could tell that you were watching a track athlete when he got the ball in his hands and took off. Wide receiver Ooh. reverses. It didn't matter. Screens. He was out of there. Bro, Ted Ginn is. Pro- he may not be the greatest player to ever put on Ohio State uniform, but he was one of the most prolific players in Buckeyes history. When you just talk about everything he could do. I mean, he played. He was an all-around athlete in high coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. He played on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. He was a kick returner, punt defense, returner. He was the number one defensive back in the country in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like he he played on both sides of the ball. You know, we thought he was gonna come and play corner. I remember that, but he he was playing wide receiver, kick return, punt returner. He did it all. Wrote Ted Ginn, like I have to give credit to to 
a former Buckeye, but Ted Ginn, they, they, his his NFL career, I guess, he had a good in, long NFL career, but it was mediocre as opposed to what you thought he was going to be. So people tend to forget when we talk about pros and their careers, people tend to forget how good and great some of these players were. And Ted Ginn, I think, falls in that category. Like, yeah, he was a good pro, and we thought he was going to be great. But, man, in college, bro, Ted Ginn was yeah, no, what, was best at his position. Yeah, yeah, he was he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable in the return game. Uh, that was back when you started kickoff returns. Um, he, he turned into a really good receiver. Uh, you know, that year they had a had a great run. But um, yeah, I love like if you tell me players I just love the most all time. I used to have a picture of him hanging right behind me here. Like uh, Ted Ginn is on that picture. He just he's just something special uh, to me. So uh, at my number two, I went way way back. And I've told this story several times on here, but like, there's still no way, you know, just like everything we said about Reggie Bush, there was a Reggie Bush before Reggie Bush, and his name was Marshall Falk. And oh yeah, he oh, for yeah. San Diego State University. San Diego State University. What what was awesome about it was they played. I believe it was the WAC then, if I'm remember, it might have been the. It wasn't the SWAC. I think it was the WAC. Anyway, most of their games started at midnight Eastern time, so they were just on. And then, you know, he became famous. So, like, as a freshman, you know, he's racking up 250-yard games and 200-yard games. Nobody can touch him. So then, you know, it, it became, you know, must-see viewing at, you know, 1230 on a Saturday night. We'd watch this kid out of San Diego go off. And it's – there's still – just like we said, about it, he was running he, – he looked like when you we watched these, you know, the Red Grange highlights and they're in, like, hyperspeed – and you're like, man, he just looks like he's he's going twice as fast as everybody. That is what Marshall Falk looked like on the football field. It was unbelievable. Like he he had the stats to back it up, but just there was something about watching him that you're like, this is this is so different, um, you know. And it was coming out of the West Coast, and that was when we were still deep. That was mid '90s. We were still entrenched in like three yards in a cloud of dust football, you know. And and you didn't you didn't have the games on like game day wouldn't have been at San Diego state university. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if, if I was lucky, I got, I don't know, you know, whatever high state game. And then maybe like Michigan state, Iowa, you might get lucky and that night have a Miami game or one sec game, but just, you didn't get the coverage. You didn't have the highlights, but when this guy would come on at midnight, you know, it, he just jumped off the screen. There was nobody in the Big Ten like him. There was nobody anywhere like this guy when he played. So my number two is Marshall Falk, uh, and it transferred to the pros once again. It's he's still he's still one of my favorite favorite players of all time. He's he's so close to my number one football player that I've ever watched in in history, and I just love the guy. And he just it was another guy that just opened your eyes to what the sport could be. Wonderful, um, Couch Coach Live. Who's your number one man? And this is another one. Is a guy that was in my backyard, Michael Vick. Oh man, man! So when I tell I, you, I'm so glad he came up because I was nervous. When, I had to leave him off my list. When I told you, and it's crazy because it, you know, I remember his first game. He played JMU. He run. He runs it in the end zone. He flips in the end zone, and we were like, you know, we were just like befuddled. Like we've never seen somebody like that. And you know, it's you know, coming off the hills. That 757 area era where you know my childhood idol who was Ronald Curry, and then you insert him a year later into this um in this equation as far as um quarterback phenomenons. And what he did, and it's crazy that whole year, like it was just amazing. Like I remember against West Virginia, he willed that team to win 
that game, and he damn near almost beat Florida State. I mean, definitely in that uh, the national championship game where you know they were down, he kind of you know bought them back, but it was one a little bit best, too much. Peter Warwick, best, one of the best games I ever saw in a loss. I don't know how. Like, there's. Yeah. I just want to step in real quick and say there's there's mm-hmm. still to this day nothing. When Mike was at his best, there's still just nothing like it I've ever seen on a football field. Uh, it, yeah, it, he yeah. was just he yeah. was from outer space. And this area was just so galvanized, like, I mean, everywhere. It's like, I remember when they even went to the Sugar Bowl, it was just like mass hysteria. Um, I don't know if y'all remember a and in your area, but it's, it's almost like, I mean, it's like almost like a, like a modern day, like a, like a, like, like a Models or whatever, but it's, it's real old. Okay, okay. But like, you know, they would, they had so much orange, um, so much, so much Sugar Bowl paraphernalia. Like, I mean, it was crazy. You literally like, I mean, he said, he said this, this state on fire like that that was just a memorable time and it's, it's it like for these young kids that's what, that was a hell of a time to be alive yeah he was a game changer too that's a guy yeah. that he changed the game like there, there there's no if ands or buts about it like the football yeah. was not the same there, there i believe i honestly believe in college football there's a pre michael vick and a post yeah. michael vick because <laughs> you know i grew yeah, i grew up on a, I, I grew up on a time when a kid like michael vick it was always said like he can't be quarterback he run right. you know we all know we all know the clichés we all know the stereotypes and for them to go no we're going to let this we're going to let the best athlete and and what was cool is because you know as a basketball fan we had just got past that point to where they started letting basketball players do their thing the Michael Jordan years you know and, and things like that to where they're like maybe maybe we don't have to pigeonhole these athletes and when they let Michael Vick go for that season mm-hmm. you know it was like it, it spoke to all of us young people who were like we've been trying to tell you this like whether it was a video game you're creative player and that's how you made him you wanted you know you wanted a guy like Michael Vick and then all of a sudden this guy comes up and you're like. I, you know, I was only, man, I was like 20, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a, you know, I'm not me and Michael Vick's about the same age. So like when I'm seeing this, I'm like, it was, it was also one of those, like, I told you so I told you so, you know what I mean? Like just, if you just let these, let these kids do their thing and uh, the national championship game, and if nothing else, just the, the throws he can make um, the explosion, the excitement, um, just, just everything about it. And then, you know, I know he didn't have a perfect career and things went, but there, it, it absolutely, um, you know, I'll probably do an icons on it one these days. Um, you know, I know it's a complicated character, you know, there's a lot more to say about it, but there was, there, there was a, uh, there was a, there's just a, there's just a mark on time where Michael Vick played college yeah, football. And awesome. there's really not been a lot like it ever since, to be yeah. honest with you. So uh, that, that's yeah, Michael Vick. Yeah. Michael Vick, just because I don't know. Michael Vick is a hood legend. He is yeah, literally yeah, yeah, he, yeah, him yeah. and Allen Iverson. Yeah. Are yeah hood yeah. legends. Nobody that's those are two players. You don't care where you rank them all time. I care less if you think Michael Vick is, is in a top 50 quarterback of all time. Nobody in the hood ever cares. Michael nope. Vick made every young black kid love football, and Allen Iverson made every young black kid love basketball. It was it was like it's just well, plain and simple what Michael Vick means yeah. at least to people my age like Vic and AI was the reasons why like yes you love football you love basketball and Vic was the reason why a lot of us you know young black kids coming up thought that you could play quarterback because yep. up until then absolutely you could play no quarterback and you was a wide receiver you was a running back you was a corner you was a linebacker you was anything but like offensive line or quarterback Michael Vic had everybody thinking they could be the next human joystick they had 
black kids coming out the hood. Not everybody wants to learn how to throw and play quarterback. So that's what Vic is like in a whole realm of his own legendary. I think for most people my age, because that's when we really started getting into sports and like Michael Vick and people even forget about his brother, but that's just a whole nother story. But people forget yeah, how good Marcus was too. Class people forget how, go. Mark, people forget how good Marcus, Marcus was too. But I'm Marcus. glad you brought that up. And, and it even translated past that, Mo. Like my kid, like that's his, his like me and coach, we did the we did yep. the show on Iverson and talked yep. about like my kid, his idol was Iverson. His idol was yep. Vic. I mean, he had a he had a Michael Vick football, and that's the football that you know he wanted to play with. He wanted to, you know, he he wanted that explosion, he wanted that jump, he wanted that excitement, and you know, there, there there's something to be said about that, you know, outside of like how the how the whole career winds up. There is something to be said about excitement, uh, culture, you know, and things like that. And it's just, yeah, there's just I I just can't explain. It. I've already said it enough, but man, there's just yeah. something about it. Like, go ahead, Jay, let's talk about Michael Vick for a second before you get to number one. <laughs> How, how much do you? How's your, what's your feelings on college college football, Michael Vick? Oh, he's he's, he's my number one. I mean, he's literally. Oh, okay. My, <laughs> 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 I'm gonna make a comment really quick about what Mo said very quickly. So Mo talked about how there's hood legends in Allen Iverson and Michael Vick. I'm gonna go one step further, Mo. I have never seen any female in my life love a basketball player like these girls love Allen Iverson. There was girls yep. in school that literally yep. got Allen Iverson jerseys and said. I want to be the woman that braids that man's hair. They loved Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just the guys. There are so many women that fell in love Vic with Allen too, Iverson. Though. Yeah. Vic, yeah. Vic was the same way. I don't know. The brothers with the braids. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but they, they, they just were because everything was urban about them. Like yeah. they were yeah. urban yeah. guys who just were great at their sport. But they stayed yep. true to who they were. And it's not that people – but. They were like, you weren't allowed to be, you weren't allowed to be them. You weren't going to be a successful athlete being Allen Iverson or being Michael Vick. Like they went against the grain, how they dressed on game day, all that stuff, you know, wearing the headband and and Vick dropped the shoes. Allen Iverson has shoes. They had the street swag. Like they, like they are iconic beyond probably you can even beyond measure. It's just, you can go on all day about how iconic both of them are. I'm going to talk about how iconic they are and then talk about why I like my Michael Vick is my number one. So you talk about the iconic part of those two. Remember that commercial that Michael Vick had, the roller coaster, where it's literally it's literally like Michael Vick is playing in real life, yeah. but it's really a it's commercial slash video game. Yeah. That right there alone is so much about Michael Vick. But Michael Vick to me, and this is a part around the same time period when I started to get into college football, I was old enough to understand football at the time when Peyton Manning was playing at Tennessee didn't really watch it. Um, the when around the B, when the BCS started, kind of got into it. But Michael Vick, okay, it was my second year. Michael Vick, the quarterback, he had me thinking, and I was not like I've always been a bigger guy. Had a few years when I was actually really good shape, and then got pick up some bad habits again. Michael Vick really had everybody thinking we're about to just play pickup football, go to the yard, pick a football yep. up. We got ten guys, five on five. Then all of a sudden, whoever's quarterback, your all-time quarterback, and you're trying to be, you're trying to act like Michael Vick, you're trying to drop back. If somebody rushes, Michael Vick literally at one time he dipped almost all the way down oh. to the ground, went around the guy, broke the guy, didn't literally break his ankles, but looked like he broke the guy's ankles and kept going upfield. The most amazing thing to me that I think we overlook with Michael Vick is his throwing arm and his throwing motion oh. and the way that he was just able to just sling that ball in with a rocket. If he was right-handed. I don't think Michael Vick is as good as he was. He would have still been electric. 
But we will probably look at it more of a Tommy Frazier, a, a Charlie Ward, a guy that's electric in that sense because they're right-handed. But having that left-handed, left being left-handed and being unorthodox, where not everybody goes after that type of guy as quickly, it gave Michael Vick that added advantage to kill you way more than he was already going to. And Michael Vick, I, I give me a left-handed guy. I don't know if we'll ever see another Michael Vick. And I don't like to say things like that because there's always somebody that will be left-handed, really skinny, from the hood, with braids, that'll do things that Michael Vick will try to be that. But Michael Vick is just special, man. He's yeah. he's special. I mean, special in the way that Kobe was special and Mike is special. Michael Vick, Michael Jordan, that was. Mike Vick is literally that special. And I don't know if we'll ever see somebody else like Michael Vick ever again on the football field. Yeah, yeah, and and real quick, uh, real quick, we, we'll stick with Michael Vick conversation real quick. I just want to throw it out there. What what would what what's Mike Vick's stats look like in two thousand twenty one playing for Oklahoma? Like what? Like what, oh, dude, he has four thousand. He has four thousand thousand. You break records. Yeah. You, you yeah. break records. It's, yeah. He runs away with a Heisman. He's a better. He'd be a better Lamar Jackson. He's be a, a, a better everybody. In, but I'm saying like in college. He's the yeah. better version of Lamar Jackson, who we were deeming like, oh, he's I won't say we us, but just as a as a people, oh, he's the closest yeah. thing. And as great as Lamar Jackson was, yeah. they didn't even say he was the next Michael Vick. They never say he was better. They say he's the closest thing we'll probably ever see to well, Michael Vick. That's a key phrase said about Lamar's. And, he ain't there yet. And, Baker and, Mayf- Baker Mayfield yeah. won the Heisman. Vick, I mean, and, and, Vick, yeah. Vic carries Louisville to a national championship. Because he he carries Virginia Tech wins a national championship. That's what he was saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if he stays in V Tech, he carries them to a national championship. He doesn't. He had without the injuries and stuff at Virginia Tech. And once again, they were still like he was. It was still improvisation because the offenses just hadn't caught up yet. Um, and and he didn't come up in a high school to where offenses had caught up yet. In modern day football, like it's it's off the charts what he could do. You talk about a guy that was born you know 15 years too early. My my goodness, like yeah, it's but he and and still though, he was still the number one pick in the draft. Like that's how phenomenal a talent this guy was. Like, if you like if you just look at what he did in the career, like oh, that was really good or whatever, but people just what he just how different he looked. He was still the number one pick in the draft. Um, hey, Jeff, you know, was that the year that Chris Winkie won the Heisman? Yeah, that's who. Yeah, yes. that's who. I, can't uh, believe, I can't, still that's can't who believe that him. happened. That's who I beat him in the uh, that. That's who beat him in the yeah. uh, championship game. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah, the 28, 28-year-old. What, 28-year-old? 28-year-old Chris Winkie. Yeah, 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 he was old, man. Baseball player, yes. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Winkie, man. Beat him All right, Mo, who's number one, buddy? Well, so I'm going to shed light on another player because Michael Vick was my number one too. Like that is my number one. <laughs> um, I mean, Michael Vick, th- there's two players who really made me love, make me love football. Honestly, and it was Michael Vick and Maurice Claret. Okay. Uh, I've given the story of Maurice Claret, obviously same name, him and Maurice Hall was in that backfield together. I, that's when I solidified being an Ohio state fan. But then Michael Vick, like Michael Vick was like, I was that guy. Like I grew up, I want to play receiver. Then boom, I can play quarterback. Like I want to play quarterback. I want to be. I want the ball in my hands all the time. I want to make every single play. I I want to be the next Vic. I want to be able to control that. Obviously, when you're eight nine years old trying to be that, nobody can tell you that. Like, hey son, your DNA is not going to allow you to be 
running a four three, oh, you know, in the four. You still can be great. You can be semi-athletic, but you know, we don't know nothing about DNA and what our parents, what we get from them and what we don't get from them. So, but another guy, and it's, it's so, cause we spent so much time on Michael Vick. So I'm just give, he's not my number one, but I want to shed light on how great he was and how much he amazed me. Rashad Penny. Mm. Rashad Penny. If anybody, it, first off, he's probably one of the biggest busts. You've ever seen as opposed to what he did in college to the NFL. So I'm going to throw that out there. Rashad Penny, I went to three games his last year at San Diego State. I went to three. All of he he outdid every game. The first game I went to, he had like 201 yards. The next game I went to, he had 205 yards. The game after that, he had 220 something, like 221, something like something like that. And and three touchdowns amazed me. He broke Darnell in the, the last game I went to, he broke Donnell Pumphrey's record for most rush yards. I think in a single season, Pumphrey's the all time leading rusher in division one shout out to the Navy for, you know, having me in San Diego or else I'd know nothing about you no know, Donnell Pumphrey or Rashad Penny, but seeing him live multiple times in one year. And it was like, when you see a guy and he amazes you and you're like, Oh my God. And like being a, an adult at that time, like I really fully understand everything. You're like, oh my God, you can't outdo what I just witnessed. Like 200 yards, three multiple touchdowns. And he continues to do it throughout the season. Rashad Penny was, he was so great, but he'll never get up there because I don't think he was as electrifying. And a lot of times he's that guy. He had no type of success in the NFL. So therefore, and he went to San Diego State. So you really have to love and appreciate college to even know who he is, honestly. Like Donnell Pumphrey, people are going to look, people my age are going to look 20 years from now. And if his record hasn't been broken, like who is Donnell Pumphrey? And since when did he lead division one in most rushing yards all time? Like, but because of being in that area, being in San Diego, the San Diego state love was real. Like people really did love San Diego state genuinely. And those games, those atmospheres were great. So, and then just being like, that's the closest school, I, you know, the, the stadium 10 minutes down the road from where I stayed. So I went to, you know, a few of those games. Yo, <laughs> Rashad Penny was no, ridiculous. That, and, and that's what this is all about. But that, and that's the whole point. When you see it, you know it. Um, You know, there's several guys that, and then Mo, you brought that up. When when you don't back it up in the NFL, nobody goes back and look. I mean, everything that happened in the, in the terrible, you know, tragic life that he had like lawrence phillips when he was in college mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah. up until yeah. up until you know things started going sideways was just unbelievable like you know we'd never like he was a can't miss hall of famer and things like that so there are a lot of guys that you know in and vic vic could have went that way but he had a bit of a redemption story and now we can we can actually have a conversation about him and things like that but there are a lot of guys who get lost in the shuffle that you know marcus yeah yeah i yeah. mean maurice yeah. Claret. I mean, Maurice Claret, yeah. like, yeah, big time. Just what a what a wonderful you know freshman year he had, but then it, it's so tainted. Now it's better now, and we can look back on it because a he didn't honestly didn't kill anybody or himself or anything, and kind of came out of it. Now we can talk about it, but I mean, you know, if if he backs that up with anything, you know, we go back and look at it. So I think there is something to be said about just appreciate what what they do on the field, and you know, don't let the NFL, you know decide how we view these guys so my number one i didn't know if mo was going to touch on it because he's probably just not quite old enough my number one the funnest player i ever watched was troy smith uh oh, State Buckeyes. and i know and like, <laughs> everybody's like oh you're a high state fan i'm like well he also 
He also, when Troy Smith won the Heisman in 06, it was the most lopsided Heisman voting ever. Like everybody in the country agreed with me. Without a doubt, it was the best season. He's got a he's got a you know a terrific story about how you know Ted Ginn's father, Ted Ginn Sr., you know, took him in. Um, basically, I won't say raised him, but helped raise him. You know, at that point, he didn't have a family that was fit. You know, he goes to Glenville. He's the you know, the historic, he's the last player on the Ohio State roster. He was actually there as a redshirt when they won the national championship in 02. A lot of people don't know that. Troy Smith was a redshirt on the sideline. And he was, a you know, they they always say he's the last scholarship given out that year, you know, uh, squeaked by. Uh, worked his way up, and that was a tough time for Ohio State, a transition period. Worked his way up uh, to starting quarterback, had some issues in 05, set out a game, probably cost him against Texas and Vince Young. Then he plays wonderful by the end of 05. He's, you know, he's he's playing as good as anybody in the country. I honestly think that he could have gave USC or Texas a run, but it doesn't matter. And then he comes into 06, and up until the, you know, the Florida defeat, um, it was it was one of the most dominant seasons that we ever saw a quarterback put on. He was exciting. He made plays. That. One of the most famous quotes ever. He throws a you know he does a three sixty spin, gets out of attack or gets out of a sack, rolls around, throws a touchdown to I believe it was Ted Ginn, maybe over fifty yards. I think it was against uh, Penn State and Nestler famously says you have to be born with what Troy Smith just did. You know, that was just – it was the funnest football season I ever watched. It was the funnest player I ever watched. That team was my – one of my favorite teams I ever watched. But Troy was a tu- truly amazing quarterback. His stats actually hold up, um, you know, after after all these years when we talked about how football's escalated. His stats hold up pretty well. Um, you know, that's what a great season he had, especially coming off, you know, high state teams that were more of a running game and more of a defensive game. Um, he went crazy. He just, he was just an escape artist. He just had a, he just had a way about him he had a maturity. He was a leader. Um, just, just one of my favorite people, players, everything of all time. So my number one player that I ever watched is, uh, is Troy Smith in the high state. Broadcast. Can I, can I say one thing, Jeff? Yes. How old is your son? 24. So we're okay. I'm a couple of years older. I can't believe you thought I forgot about Troy Smith. You do remember no, no, I had I, the I, game I, of the century as my – He talked about, talk about that last week. Mo did. I, yeah, no, no, I know, but I know that you're – like you said, as you get older, you see plays different. Like, Yeah, I do see things different, so, yeah, but Troy Smith – No, I thought you might have said it. Because if people – that that year, people forget about how great that offense was, period. First yeah, off, were, it was probably all because of Troy far, Smith. They were by far the best team in the country. Ted I mean, Ginn, Anthony Gonzalez, yeah. what, Be- Beanie Wells was in yeah, the backfield. He was a freshman, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That was Beanie Wells' freshman year. Because mm-hmm. then we went to the national championship the next year against mm-hmm. LSU and lost. And, and that but, year. Yeah, we went against Florida and lost. And then we went the next year after losing yeah, yeah. Troy Smith and all them and lost again. Uh, but people forget how great – that defense was ridiculous too. Like that was one yeah. of the best defenses we ever had. That offense, people forget that tandem of Ted Ginn Jr. and Anthony Gonzalez with oh. Troy Smith throwing them the ball. <laughs> that offense was amazing. Like, so in, in, in the, the quote at that point, the game of the century, them, them and undefeated Michigan, um, I, be, I believe it was – Smith had five touchdowns to five different receivers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was when um, Robisky, Brian Robisky. Brian Robisky. Yeah. 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 He had five touchdowns to five receivers. It was, it was just unbelievable. He was just so good. He just, he was just, 
he just he just played like a different maturity and everything and it's still just it was just so much fun every week just to have troy smith on our side um just, just it was just a true pleasure it's one of the best teams that never yeah. like that'd be that's yeah. one of the best teams that didn't get the job done and winning a national championship so before we end this real yeah. quick we want a tad long but since this is a two-parter it won't be too bad jay stevens had a great idea here let's talk about the players that we wish we could have saw um i think that's a great topic uh, for jay stevens so jay who, who's a player you you wish you could have watched play i'm gonna give you one or three i, I got three on whatever list. you want man you do you so I'll do three. I'm going to make it very, very quick. Charlie Ward, a guy that I got to interview oh. and been previewing the interview and doing some research, got to watch some highlights and got to watch some game film. And you're correct. If Charlie Ward played in today's college football, he's a Heisman no matter what, two times in a row. Yep. Automatically. I mean, now granted, his last year he talked about what, what the, the jump was from junior to senior year, his maturity and his development as a quarterback. So – I think he develops better because quarterback play today is looked differently and he would have a coach that would assist him more. So, But Charlie Ward's one of them. Tommy Frazier, another guy that I only have highlights from. That Nebraska offense, man, put them, put that team, him on a, on a team now, he destroys everybody. And last but not least, Barry Sanders, the guy who I think will win my re most recent poll of best Heisman on Twitter, best Heisman trophy winner since 1988. I think Barry Sanders will actually beat Reggie Bush if there was a matchup because Barry Sanders was that cold. You get a guy 5'6", five, 5'7", five, that small in the Oklahoma State offense, and he, I think he had like 2,200 rushing yards or something over 2,000 in his rush in his stats don't include his bowl game. So his stats would have been inflated if they used the same rules now for records like they and they had less it, games. Let let's I think it was a I think it was 11 games, 12 would have been with the bowl. Those three, Charlie Ward, Tommy Frazier and Barry Sanders. My list could have been longer, but I only put three on my list. And and I'll tell you Jay, you're right cuz I watched all those guys play. Barry Sanders is probably right at the brink of when I stopped like really remembering guys play, but I remember like I remember Barry Sanders and then then it was what was cool. Like we went from Barry Sanders and like the next year we started getting into those um like the Houston quarterbacks uh, mm -hmm. who who had who had the great years. Um yeah Barry Sanders was an absolutely amazing college football player. Tommy Frazier was just a true leader. Um it, it, you know th those teams were just different. Um they were they were really the end of the power football teams because that's that's and they, it's ironic that they beat Florida because that's right when it transitioned. That's when Steve Spurrier changed college football, and we're like, no, we're just gonna wing it, and kind of did that, you know, and with those great Florida teams. Um, so you're you're right about all those. They were they were they were fantastic. I'm gonna throw one in there real quick because I I watched this guy play, but I do not I don't have memories of him playing in college, even though I remember him playing vividly in the pros. It was just right at that breaking point. Uh, Bo Jackson. I okay. wish, like, you know, I was around, he was on, I knew about him, but I didn't watch Bo Jackson play uh, in college football. But I wish I could, uh, like, probably two of them are, uh, I'll throw out there, Bo Jackson and, and Marcus Allen. I wish I had vivid memories of watching those guys play in college, um, you know, because uh, I, I know in the pros what they were like, and I, I just can't imagine what it was like. So that that's that's my nominees is the best the best Tecmo Bowl backfield of all time is Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson. I wish I had I wish I had more memories of, of them guys. Uh, couch coach, who are some guys that you wish you could uh, either remember or wish you could have just watched? You can go back as far as you want. 
Yeah, so I don't, I don't really have – I have just at this point, top of my head, just one um, off the top of my head. Um, even I didn't even get to see him play pro because I think I didn't really start watching 596-ish. Um, Lawrence Taylor out of, out of oh uh, University of oh, North Carolina. Oh, I just couldn't oh, imagine uh, the fandom, <laughs> you know, as far as seeing him play. Like I've seen highlights, and it's, I mean, they were just um, amazing. Like it just would have been, you know, perfect. I think the only really – I would say an example, maybe like a Julius Peppers per se, as far as somebody who really kind of like as far as a polarizing figure in this um, University of North Carolina. But God, just I couldn't imagine seeing Lawrence Taylor. I mean, I, I know I would have been up my ch- up 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 off the couch every every Saturday, pretty much. And point. what's and what's crazy because I remember, you know, I remember the '86 Giants well, and Taylor was what a second year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he was just out, mm-hmm. but like nobody really watched Lawrence Taylor because once, like I said again, like football just wasn't you know at your fingertips like it was. But I will yeah. say is like you know '86 Lawrence Taylor Ooh. was um, the most dominant football player I've ever seen as far as so ahead of the time. Um, nobody knew what to do with him. Nobody had ever seen that position. They're like, why doesn't the guy put his hand on the ground? What is happening here? Uh, why is he so angry? We know now, <laughs> like everything that was going yeah, on. Right. I think that's a great choice. I would, I would like to, I would like to be in the stands like Mo was talking about and be able to see the difference between him and everybody else. So Mo Murphy, who is it? Who is it you think about? You want to go see? Um. So I got a couple. Uh, first one is Barry Sanders. Just I don't even have to go into. You tell me there was a college running back more exciting and probably better than the guy who I think is the greatest college running back of all time, Reggie Bush. Yeah. Sign me up to watch yeah. him live. Period. Like that's just that's my explanation there. Another one, and this shows my age, uh, but I am 26. I'm not as young as everybody thinks. Peter Ward. Peter oh, Ward man. went to oh, college man. from 95 to 99. I by the time he Dude. left college, I was four years Dude. old. I don't remember. Nothing. I don't know he if I even was sitting in front of the TV. He was the yeah. Smith. Right. And they, yeah, I mean, people talk Smith. about, I've heard stories. I remember him in, in uh, playing in Cincinnati, playing with, um, you know, I used to play Madden, NFL Street, all that. I remember Peter Warwick yeah. uh, at that point, but I didn't know the Peter Warwick that everybody else was like, man, if he wasn't injured, Peter Warwick, like he could have been one of the greatest yeah. receivers of all time. Like he, he had that persona about him coming out of college. I knew that. That's all I used to hear. My pops used to tell me, man, Peter Ward was something different. Yeah. Like, uh, I used, you know, like I said, I did want to be a, I wanted to be a great receiver at one point. So I was like, ah, Peter Ward, watch Peter Ward. So I've seen his highlights, but to just be able to turn my TV on on Saturday and like watch Florida State versus whoever and watch Peter Ward go off, like I would have loved to do that. And then one more, Randy Moss. I wish I could have watched oh, Randy Moss oh, in college because we talk about we talk about Larry Fitz. We talk about Larry Fitz. We talk about Megatron, and we talk about how great they were at Pitt and Georgia Tech. Pitt was a Big East school. Georgia Tech was an ACC school, and we consider that small time. We said that's some of the greatest receivers we've ever seen in college. But for Randy Moss to draw that, like. Some people say he might be one of the greatest college receivers of all time. So to draw that, like he, so to draw that kind of attention out of Marshall, out of Marshall, it was Marshall, right? Yeah, he went to Marshall. Okay, so I'm not sure. Draw that kind of attention out of Marshall. He got got asked to leave Florida State and went to Marshall. Right? Like we thought it was weird. We thought it was weird 
like somebody in my time would think it's weird that Calvin Johnson ends up at Georgia Tech, that that a guy like Larry Fitz is at Pitt, amazing you. But just like he's the greatest college receiver of all time. He comes from Marshall. Like yeah. I would have just loved to sit there and, and watch yeah. him live. And, and and once again, you're not wrong. And y'all's reaction yeah. was crazy. Like but as soon as I said random, everybody said, me tell you. Let me tell you. So like around here, like people went and like, well, he was that wasn't even they weren't Mac yet. I think well, maybe he might have played one year in a Mac. That was see, Marshall wasn't even um division one A the whole time. No, they weren't. No, no, they weren't. And I think he might, he might've played in the Mac one year. I can't remember if he's there during the transition, but like, yeah, they weren't even, they weren't even in the Mac. They were, you know, just the, the, the team, they were the, um, they were always the division two team that won all the national championships and all that. (laughs) And, but the highlights, you know, especially because I mean, he's only, I don't know, five, six hours from me. Like, you know, the area is not that big where, you know, where he's from. So like he was, everybody knew to watch him and you're, you're not wrong, Mel was, and especially playing, at the lower level, it even accentuated what he was doing. And it was one of those to where just like Marshall Falk was kind of like that. It was like whispers. Like, you know, your your buddies would be like, man, I don't know. I was up the other night and he's talking about this uh, Randy Moss guy. And then they would show, you know, they would show you and like, you got to watch these highlights. And they would just show it. And you're like, it looked it looked freakish what he was doing, but it really didn't change in the NFL. It still looked freakish. So, um, I, man, that's a, that's a great choice. And just one more, yeah. just one more, just because it's on the same basis. I would have loved to see seen to in college too i don't know if y'all even yeah, was able to see him see any of those because he was yeah, tucked really away in it. tennessee chattanooga but Rice, yeah Payton, those guys who are some of the greatest receivers of all time that are from these schools right. that nobody would we'd never turn on a ut chattanooga game and yeah. like the t- a top three greatest wide receiver of all time is from there how the heck did he end up there or even chad johnson in oregon state and yeah, we yeah. get into Chad Johnson, how I feel about him. But like those guys, like how do they end up? Because I love Chad Johnson. Jeff knows. Jeff knows. knows. I, I ride with Chad Johnson, top five to seven wide receiver of all time. But like those guys that go to like t- Tennessee Chattanooga produce the second, maybe third greatest wide receiver of all time in T.O. Yeah. Like the how crazy does that sound? What, what Jerry Rice was, uh, was he, is, is he middle Tennessee? Which he, he was at HBCU, I believe. Yeah, yeah and he went. Walter Payton's, Walter Payton's, Jackson yeah, State. Yeah, was cool. He yeah. went through. And then Randy Moss's Marshall, TO's of UT Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Like, you you see, but those are some of the greatest guys. Like, that's Steve, what amazes Steve McNair, me. Steve McNair went to uh, McNeese State. I was just going yeah, to nominate. Okay. I, think it was I think it was Steve Alcorn. McNair it might be Alcorn. Alcorn State. He was just yeah, he went to Alcorn. He was yeah. just at the generation. I was just I was gonna touch on that. Um, he was at the generation to where people started recognizing it. And so Steve McNair, like every week, they're like, this guy's great. So they would show he was putting up five, six hundred yards a game, you know, for a season. So his highlights weren't all the time. Um, you know, he's one of the ones that broke through. Like he's kind of he's right at the edge of like the modern like college game day generation to where these guys started getting more recognition so shout out to steve mcnair man r.i.p but just i mean amazing player from from start to finish uh amazing amazing pro amazing college player and that's a guy who like you know we we probably know why he didn't get a shot at a different school and it but it worked out for him he over you know he overcame that um i was in the navy with his little sister oh wow wow like I, wow. we were, we worked together. Like I worked really? with one of his little sisters. Kid you not. And I never mm. asked a question. 
Like her last name was McNair. I swear, I never, never even thought about it. I'm like, nah, she can't. No way, you're in the Navy. Like you know, I just automatically think that because I've worked with two like famous athletes. Both of them, for some reason, their little sister, Andre Drummond's little sister. I worked with her too. Like I, I ended up working with her. But yeah, Steve McNair's little one of his little sisters. Like we were together. Like I came up as an airman, like learning up under her. Yeah, wow. it, it was crazy. And I was like, when I found this out, we were talking about football. She was like, maybe you heard of my brother. And I'm like, <laughs> like I was like, she didn't know I love sports so much. We finally started having real conversations. And she was like, well, you might know who my brother is. I don't know because of your age, though, because she was older. She joined the yeah. Navy later. Oh, so I sense. was like, so I was like, who? And she was like, uh, his name's Steve. And I'm like, Steve McNair, like the quarterback for Tennessee Titans, like both. She was like, yeah, that's my big brother. She was like, you know, he, he died. I was like, yeah, he did. Die. But that's your brother. Like, and then, you know, it's one of those you don't know what to say because like yeah. he did pass away. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like, it is. All, yeah. Yeah. Like it made it. She made it awkward. I don't think her intentions were, but like, I'm like, yo, like, I know he's dead. So like, I can't say like, I used yeah, to love him. That sounds like a. I feel like that sounds like a, oh, you know, I used to love him. Like, but yeah, he, like, I remember son, Steve McNair. So yeah, it was like son, to find out Steve, that Steve McNair and Eddie George yep. are my son's yep. favorite backfield for years. Um, I, I remember Eddie them George, on Madden. I had to leave Eddie George off my list and it was tough. Um, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Just, just amazing. But um, anyway, that's why we did the top three gentlemen. Um, I, I know we went a little long, but I, I, I this was so much fun. Um, yeah. just, just once again, what we realize is like, it's just, it's just an, you know, it's an endless bucket of, you know, college football fun and knowledge and players and everything. And that's what this show is all about. So I want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, Mo, I want to thank you for being on from Up in Flames podcast. Uh, and you got a lot of good stuff going on. You got your Dash Radio show every week. Uh, everybody go check that out. Check out OffTheBallNetwork.com for everything we got going. Football season's ramping up. It's about to get crazy. Uh, Jay Stevens locked on lock on locked on Buckeyes is a go-to a daily go-to for Buckeye fans college football fans I would recommend everybody he interviews people from all over the country uh, it's well-rounded you know it's not as biased as it sounds it's a really good show plus the Jay Stevens podcast is just too legit um, you know everything you do you also you know what you're doing on Twitter with the, the brackets uh, right now you got um, you got the Heisman the best Heisman winner bracket going up you just did the best college football player bracket which was exciting leading us in you know to the regular season fantastic man i want to thank you for being on um your knowledge is always appreciated couch coach live um you know you're you're putting content out every week on, on your podcast i know you've got the uh you've also got the washington football team podcast uh yeah. you and Cruz going on now so you're a busy guy you've got uh, anybody listening, we've got a simulated Couch Coach Live simulated season coming out soon, which is it gets more exciting by the day. I don't want to give anything away, but it's, it is it is it is fantastic. I can't wait it's to crazy. see this. I oh absolutely can't wait. Well, I see half of it. I'm just like, keeps you know, talking about it. Just, just keeps talking just about a, it. Just a teaser here, like going through it. I told I told Coach, I'm like, I just want you to I just want you to give me the um, the winners, the losers, and all that, and then you know we'll figure out the standings. So going through it week to week is like watching the season. Like, do you guys ever simulate like a Tech Mobile season or a Madden season? Yeah, and yeah. You're yeah. Like, oh wait, what? You know that that's what it's like. Like it's like living through the season. I got to go back and find tiebreakers. I got to go back and find like, like oh what happened? There was an upset. The Chicago Bears going a winning streak at one point, which is 
just out of nowhere. So it's a lot of fun. Just feels, just feels a thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I want to thank you guys. This has been awesome. Uh, college football is 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 strong. It's fun. It's uh, better than ever. You know, we, we've got more content coming out soon. Check out everybody at their podcast. Check out the OffBallNetwork.com. And we, we appreciate you all. Thanks, gentlemen.